You know, I, I will tell you um, just briefly before we open up to uh, comments after Josh uh, speaks here, I guess, is, uh, you know, I've gotten to know Josh. Um, he's become a good friend. Uh, we have gotten to trust each other. Our staffs have gotten to interact with each other and gotten to know each other. And, you know, we do have ideological uh, divisions uh, between the two of us. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, we agreed with each other, eyeball to eyeball, member to member, to work together uh, to try to be uh, what I hope Congress can become, and that is what it used to be uh, from talking to older members and members who were here uh, during some times uh, when it was more cordial, it was much more of an institution where you could have the debates on the floor, uh, but at the end of the day, you, you took 70% of the loaf, and we each declared victory, and we advanced the American agenda. And um, Josh is one of those guys. Uh, Josh is one of those guys uh, that came into Congress, I think, with the right attitude, uh, the right commitment. And uh, it's been a real honor and a pleasure to develop a friendship with another member uh, of Congress who I think is committed to the ideals of this organization in the sense of getting things done what I'm committed to for the American people. And uh, the Problem Solvers Caucus, no, no doubt about it, brother. Sincere. And you might see us on MSNBC. I'm the token Republican. We do a bro hug every day. Okay. Thanks for making an ad out of it. I was on my, we went on a cruise over Fourth of July weekend, and uh, one of the people that was participating with us, she comes back from working out at the gym. She's like, I saw you on MSNBC with our commercial. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Maybe I shouldn't have said that publicly. I was working hard. Anyway, yeah, you're going to get in trouble. Um, but anyway, um, the problem solvers caucus to me is uh, uh, maybe maybe the, the last hope uh, for what we can do to break the gridlock here. And as a voting block now, we've gone to the problem solvers uh, caucus 2.0, uh, where we're, we weeded out the folks that were just talking the talk. Uh, we had some members uh, previously uh, that would come, and maybe not even come, but back in their district, all of a sudden they were the problem solver, the problem solver members of the year uh, under campaigns. And I'm like, wow, I never saw you at any of the coffees. But uh, at the end of the day, what we did is weeded it down to get members who want to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And we implemented in our bylaws uh, the amendments to get a voting block. Put together, when we get to a consensus position, we've locked arms with each other and we'll say we'll vote together. And I will tell you, having as we've learned from our friends in the Freedom Caucus, um, give them the credit that's due them. Uh, when they vote as a block, they can influence this place. And one of the we, one of the things we're trying to do is to be an antidote to that in regards to making sure we're governing for the American people, that we're not having shutdowns, we're not having debt ceiling uh, crises, that we're advancing the American general when it comes to tax reform and infrastructure. So. Um, just an honor to be here with you, and it's an honor to sit here with my friend on the other side of the aisle, and I truly mean that. And without further ado, a uh, good member of Congress, uh, Josh Gottheimer. Thanks, man. You know, so I'm brand new. I've only been here six plus months, but I will tell you, I, I ran for Congress. Uh, the same reason I think, I'm sure Tom originally ran to actually do things. And I, like most of us, are sick and tired of people coming here and obstructing for the sake of it and not really trying to get things done. And I fundamentally believe that people hire you and they vote for you and they expect you to do a job. And there are things that need to get done for the country, whether it's tax reform or infrastructure that Tom was talking about, uh, regular reform or other areas that I know we can find lots of common ground on. And 
so when I got together with Tom, we were looking at the Problem Solvers Caucus, which existed, but as, as Tom said, it was more of a, uh, an eating club than a, an action club. And, um, and it was good, because you had people talking to each other, meeting each other, which I think is very important in this day and age. But it wasn't really around, as Tom always says, getting the yes and finding areas where we can actually agree on things versus disagree and take positions and, and hopefully really influence that middle, bring people together around some 80% uh, you know, solutions and where we can move the ball forward. So I couldn't ask for a better partner in crime and obviously one whose wives have been around and, and knows where some of the things are buried, but also how, how the processes work and where we've made mistakes before and where we can really turn differently and find progress. And um, yes, it's true we don't agree on everything, uh, but, well, but I trust them, and that actually means quite a bit because it means you can have a really honest conversation. We talk way too much, um, I'd say. You know, uh, we text or talk to each other, you know, I'd say nearly daily. Um, Honest Cruzy told me to stop calling. <laughs> uh, we were trying to get to, and yesterday, it was interesting, we were working on something yesterday. We meet in the back rail, where we meet up, you know, and people see us get together in the back rail, and then we, we go outside and sit in the hallway. And we can't go to each other's cloakrooms uh, for obvious reasons, um, although I'm I really want to go into the cloakroom. And um, we're sitting in the hallway, just working on something together and going over language and saying, yeah, I can't get this, can you get this? And and I was thinking the whole time, this is ex exactly, we're doing the same thing a couple days ago, we're just talking about language, and I was saying, well, you think we could do this, and how would you think people would react, and give me an idea here? And I was like, this is exactly what people want you to do, right? They actually want us to figure things out, not get everything you want, but figure it out and move forward. Because the bottom line is we do have to fix our infrastructure in our country, we do need tax reform. These are basic things that we have to get done that people want us to do. And you know, just walking, just walking away and turning your back. If you don't have a seat at the table, forget it. And this is about us making sure we have a seat at the table for the people we represent, and for the for that other voice that's not in the extremes of either side, because we both, I think, believe deeply that if the, if the extremes will never get to solutions, and we really want to find us find places where we can come together. Um, so it has been not just an honor to show Tom, but also it's twenty. We're up to twenty-two Democrats and twenty-two Republicans. Um, people all the time say, "Well, can you get to 50? Democrats and Republicans, I say, I'm not sure. You could if you didn't actually hold anybody accountable, right, in the group. And I, I think we're both not, you know, I know Tom, several people have Tom said to me, yeah, I talked to this person today who was interested, and after the conversation, they weren't interested anymore. Because I think Tom said to them, this is real. You have to actually be in. We're going to vote together. Are you willing to not just pay dues, but are you willing to not go into other districts and, and people in the caucus and campaign against them? Because we won't do that. You know, we will not go in and we take this part of our bylaws. We don't go in other districts of other members. Because how are you supposed to trust somebody and look at them if you, if you suddenly show up in their district and campaign against them and write checks against them? Right? No one will really trust you and want to sit at the table with you. So those are so those are big moves. Our leadership, as you might imagine, I'm really always thrilled. Um, uh, but that's okay because this is about, you know, it's, it's not necessarily about what's best for some national organizations. It's what's best for getting things done for people at home and for what we believe is right. So it has been a huge honor and uh, it is the best thing I do by far since I'm here. Right? It's the thing I'm most optimistic about. I go back home and say, I know it's crazy. I know what you watch on television. Um, and you know, I, and, you know, Tom occasionally watches the same station as me. And you know, you see, you see what's going on. Um, and I think, don't fret completely. There is, there is hope for a better way of doing this and we're working on it.
that's that's why I love this, and I really appreciate you having us here today. I'm, I'm very grateful. It is nice to be here. I like the yellow. I don't, I don't think the guys on the walls are, are progressive. So. <laughs> 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 I can't be sure. Such a great job, you can either have the first or the last question. Probably the first. All right, please. Um, thank you for being here, obviously. And, uh, but you mentioned a little bit about leadership, which is great that you're, you're, you're trying. It's great that you're working with your leadership. One of my questions is how are they really reacting to that, and do you have that seat at the table yet? And then, uh, this, uh, and then what's the reaction, or have you been engaging with uh, the administration of the White House? Um, and then finally, like you've been all over the news, you know, in you know, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, you made a big splash here. But what um, what can we do to help you solve problems as well? Like you're in the Well, I appreciate that, John. Maybe I'll take a stab at it. You got three questions, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the chair. I don't know. He's the chair. <laughs> <laughs> you the pen. <laughs> No, John, I appreciate that. Um, you know, the leadership, uh, we've met uh, with the, both leaderships. Uh, we had the caucus up, met with uh, Paul um, in the speaker's office. It was supposed to be a 15-minute meeting. Uh, ended up being about an hour, a little over an hour. And what we got into in the conversation was uh, very insightful to me because as I've gotten to know the speaker and spending time with him on the committee over the years, um, I can tell when he's engaged. I can tell when he's doing what he has to do and moving on to the next meeting. And when he got into a detailed discussion about tax reform with some of our members on the other side about you know policy and and border just consumption versus income and all that stuff, um, that showed me that there was a sincere respect for what we were trying to do, and that he was trying to gauge us, and he gauged us in the sense of these are serious legislators that want to get things done. And I think, uh, and I won't speak for him uh, on that. I think what we have represent is an alternative path too. I mean, he's got his own problems uh, with uh, our own internal division within the conference. Um, that's obvious. It's it's out there. It's it's open, and it's uh, something that uh, I think you can either live in denial or you can take it head on. And I think what we offer uh, to them is a potential alternative path than going further to the extreme, uh, maybe in the to the center in regards to governing uh, when it comes to things like the debt ceiling budget uh, situation, government shutdown, but also an opportunity if and when the partisan path that they're on now, for example, on tax reform. I, I'm of the humble opinion. Uh, I'm in the minority uh, position on that. Company man, if it can get done, I'm with you 100%. We're going to get tax reform. It needs to get taken care of. But if it doesn't, that doesn't mean we abandon the effort. And uh, bipartisanship, uh, to me, is the better path. It sustains time. It's uh, something that the country then can have uh, an opportunity to embrace in the sense of complete division on partisan policy. We've seen the results of that under the Affordable Care Act. So I think the leadership, and we met with Nancy Pelosi, um, she did not throw us out of the room. <laughs> she uh, was respectful, and uh, she engaged in the conversation in, in a positive way. But, uh, you know, it's a threat. It, it's a threat in the sense of, uh, you know, they're, they're, we are sticking our heads up and providing uh, something that maybe uh, could be concerning to them from a leverage perspective as to their position at the table. Uh, administration, you know, being one of the first to endorse uh, the president, uh, knowing him very well, knowing the team very well, um, and knowing the fact that 
let's let's be honest. I mean, he wants to get things done. He is a deal maker. He wants to cut a deal. And I think he's going through the process of, you know, trying to deal with maybe some of our friends uh, in the conference that uh, uh, continuously move the goalpost once a deal is reached. And I think at some point in time, uh, there will be a recognition that, you know what, for the sake of the country, uh, we got to cut these deals. And the people that are going to be there in the room have already been invited to the room. Won't speak uh, for Josh. Maybe he can give you some details on that. Uh, but I know the president is welcoming. Democratic members down at the White House. And those members are the members such as us uh, in the caucus who have demonstrated a commitment uh, to advancing the agenda for America. And just as an example, when uh, Steve Mnuchin became the Treasury Secretary, the first group of members he came up to see was us as the Problem Solvers Caucus. And he's been there twice. Um, so I think there's a sincere uh, look at us in the sense of you guys are real and you're sincere. Uh, we want to work with you and embrace it. Um, and then on the uh, third issue, what can you do to help? Help us identify uh, other members. Put pressure on members. Uh, because the other thing that's unique here is a lot of members uh, come up to me and they're like, man, I really love what you're doing. I want to be part of it. Um, I'm just so scared. You know, I'm just, uh, if I do this, they're going to take me out. It's going to be bad. And what's different about Problem Solver Caucus 2.0 is the outside group, no labels, is kind of, kind of our outside group that kind of gives us air cover. But leaders across the country, you know, Charlie's here from New York City, you know, leaders from across the country, industry leaders, stakeholders, I mean, they've, they've publicly committed to $50 million uh, to stand with us as we do this and, and our people that are walking the walk. If you do this, we will be there for you and have the resources. So if you can tell members, put pressure on members, that if you want to do this, we'll have your back and we will be part of uh, the effort to come to your rescue when you come to anything give us ideas of issues. Uh, that we can take. I mean, I think you covered it well. I, I would just add that, uh, and that is that is key. The key is to let people know it's okay to do this and it's okay to step out, and we'll have your back. And that's very, very important for people in this room. And the more you influence people to say, "Hey, this is what I think what people want at home and and in Washington, right? This is really what people want." So the more I think you say that to them, the better. Um, and it, it is really we are engaging across the spectrum. Right, in the administration, you know, which is not always enormously popular, uh, but with every everybody in my party, as you might imagine, when you sit down with the administration, or or down with Republicans, or uh, right with the speaker. But the bottom line is, how else are you going to get anything done? Right, you have to be willing to engage and have the conversation. And if you don't have a seat at the table, then you can't be upset if what comes out isn't what exactly what you wanted. If you don't give, if you're not actually putting your voice into it. And so I, I really. I, we'll, we'll keep doing it, and, and I think that's the way we're seeing um, uh, Gary Cohn visit next week, I think. Hopefully, I think of that next week or the week after. I think we're seeing him, right? Artists come soon, right? And, and we're continuing to engage that way. So I think that's that's hopefully uh, that's what our plan will be going forward. Okay. Hi, I'm Linda Evans from IBM, great state of New York, and we're in New Jersey as well. Oh, I know. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I was wondering, you mentioned tax so Mark Meadows has talked about a 16% corporate rate. I know it's premature, but do you guys plan to put out your own plan, tax reform plan, corporate well, where, where we are is we, we're going through the process. We took a state uh, where we got consensus uh, to say that our position would be, and, and understand what we try to do. Uh, we don't organize to get to no. We organize to get to yes. And so what essentially we, we take a position on is say that if you do this, uh, we can stand with you in regards to voting yes and supporting it. 
And so, um, you know, the position we took was tie tax reform with infrastructure. Obviously, right now, the play is not to do that. Um, it's a partisan play that they're doing, and in order to get to infrastructure, you got to get 60 votes in the Senate, so there's no way to tie the two together. But ultimately, when a deal has to be struck, I think infrastructure is the, national, the, the natural sweetener to bring votes to the table. And you guys know better than me, 218 and 60 are the numbers here in order to get the longstanding reform. And anything that can get us 60 or 218 votes, we're, we're ready to do it. Will we get a detailed plan uh, from the Problem Solvers Caucus? I, I'm not of that mindset uh, that we're going to draft legislatively. I mean, being on the committee, we're there in the room. We're, we're doing that already from my perspective, from my individual perspective. But it's not, it's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is if you put this, this, this into tax reform, and also a recognition of where we stand. I mean, you, you, to, to say that you're going to take from the Ways and Means, and this is my, one of the biggest issues I have with like the Freedom Caucus and those who are putting out their own plan, you are stepping in the expertise, the <coughs> some members 10, 15 years worth of service and thinking all of a sudden, I, I, I haven't even been dealing with these issues except for the last 60 days, so here's my plan. And then all of a sudden the conference is gonna go with that. Um, it's really offensive uh, to a lot of members. And, um, and we saw that in the healthcare uh, debate. So I, I don't think that's the way to approach it. I think it's more of a, these positions, this type of area, will be there with you if you honor this 70% low. And, and just adding that, I think one thing Tom and I both did early on was ask our members who were part of the caucus What's your prior, What's your top priority, right? What matters? What's sort of a deal breaker? What's most important for you? And by doing that, if hopefully as part of getting the yes, because there are, as Tom said, there are a lot of plans coming out. The administration has their version, of course. The Senate, the House, they each have their versions. To keys, and then we know what our mem what's most important to our members. So if we're trying to help get the yes and bring the votes in, when we can sit down and be part of that conversation, we can know what what matters most, and that will help us, I think, be part of picking and helping with the right compromise in the end, um, and, and, and versus starting from the beginning and going through that whole process, right? Because there obviously are several drafts going on, so why not be part of that and help shape it and push it in a certain direction? I don't mean to call on people, Jim. Yeah, no, 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 I was just trying to, no, you're the guest I mean, always at the town halls, I'm like, okay, you go, you go. <laughs> what name are you going to call me? Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as well, I've been called worse, thank you. <laughs> so, okay, so assuming uh, in short order you become uh, an effective voting law, <laughs> are you or are your members prepared for the incredible pressure that's going to be brought to bear on you when you become the fulcrum? I think back to people like George Voinovich, in the Bolton confirmation, Clark Stupak in healthcare, the pressure is extraordinary when you're the bulk. I will tell you, and I won't answer for Josh, but that's what I came here for. Um, I don't mind that pressure. If I'm part of the solution and I have to bear that pressure that's uh, uh, coming to bear, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm fine with also be perfectly blunt with you. If I get done what I came here to get done, and this means it cost me this, this pin, I give it up in a heartbeat. Uh, give it, this doesn't define me. I know some members it does, and they couldn't live unless they had this on their lapel. But I am more than well, more than willing to take that pressure and go forward. And I will tell you, there's more and more members silently that come up to us that are of the same way. They are, they are tired of this gridlock, and they want to be part of that voice to be the fulcrum to get things done. And at the end of the day, if you're here just to get doors open for you and have, get driven around town. 
maybe you're not the right member to be here, given the nature of the problems we face as a country. Someone opens doors for you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't the time, don't worry about it. Trish, get on that, Trish. That happened in your second term. You're forced to open the door. <laughs> I didn't come here to, I, you know, I was working at Microsoft and left my job to do this. I didn't leave to do, come here and do nothing. And it means you're going to have to make tough choices. And I know that it's going to get, and I'm, even in several votes already that I've taken that are not along my party, they come after you and, you know, you know they want you to go along. And uh, A, I think you have to do what's best for your district. And I really believe at the end of the day, that's your job. And that's the best thing you can, that's the best answer to anything if you decide what's best for home. Right, for me, certain things, like tax form infrastructure, and the list, certain reform, you know, like, I then are keys to, to back home. And I know that's what drives me. I don't work for anybody else except for the people who elected me, and I believe that. And B, I, I'm gonna have to be, take, to, to, do, to get things done, you have to do things. And, uh, and not just obstruct. And believe me, people right now come up to me all the time at home and say, why are, why are you working, what are you doing? The, the, the game plan is to obstruct. Why are you violating the game plan? Don't give any wins. And I don't look at that as giving anybody a win except, again, what's best for home. That's the win I care about. And, and if that's, you know, that's who I'm, I'm focused on giving a win to, and of, of course, the country, but they're aligned. Uh, and so, um, and I think that's really what members should be doing, and I know it's tough. And I, I know I'm sure I'm going to, you know, I felt some of it. I'm sure it's going to get harder, but I think we all, this, this is why we're here. Uh, I'll offer one other point I do want to stress is also what's different between that and now. When I get calls from industry leaders, Fortune 5 CEO, CEOs, Fortune 20 CEOs, board of directors, who are putting their own money up to the tune of millions of dollars that they publicly report out there. I don't know the details, but we can. That gives you unbelievable comfort to know that there are people of that magnitude that have the ear of leadership, have the ear of folks here at the NRCC, DCCC, RNC, the Senate committees, that are getting their calls answered and saying, you know what, we're going with these guys because they're getting things done. And when you have that type of kind of battalion with you, that's a little bit more comfort than standing out there all by yourself uh, taking on the battle. Uh, do you think that there's any possibility of consensus within your group on healthcare, or is that a bridge too far? Well, we're trying. Um, you know, I, I think now that Presuming that the Senate doesn't move forward, because um, then it'll decide itself, I guess, in the next uh, week or so. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, we're already starting to work. Uh, we have a meeting, a caucus meeting today, um, uh, and we've been emailing already this week about what position we can take. And the question is, how detailed do we get? And several members, when we sent out a draft around yesterday, I guess, that was sort of a, a top line position of it's time for it's time for Democrats to come to the table with ideas, and it's time for Republicans to welcome them to the table and do this differently. And it might be more incremental, it might not be sweeping, who knows what it will look like. And then several members wrote back saying, wait a second, why can't we put out some more details here? Do you think we can agree on that? So, uh, and I might still spend more time talking about this, but I think this might be one where 
things don't work out. We do go back to the table and see if we can get to, even if it's not a thousand page bill, get to some, some more principles. And, um, you know, I, in my opinion, this is how it, you know, it should have been done. I'm not going to, that's not for me to judge. That's just my opinion. I think we should have, you know, if there was a, there's enough people who want to do this and do healthcare reform in a bipartisan way and don't think the ACA is perfect, I think it needs lots of fixing. Um, and there's not people on, on my side of the aisle that would believe that, that would be willing to sit at the table. So, you know, I'm hopeful that we can do that in a broader way, and I think the caucus could be a good place for that. Yeah, I, I think, um, and this is where we had an initial conversation on healthcare. Uh, if the conversation centers around repeal, then no. It, it's a shirt skins game, and we're going to play the partisan divide, and it's just a, a bridge too far. It's unrealistic to try to take a position in that fight. But as we see the repeal um, and replace process maybe not uh, be as successful uh, as uh, they originally intended, uh, that might be a place for us to come in and try to, because you got 2 million people. They got 2 million people, I just saw a report yesterday, that are, are losing their health insurance today. To sit here and do nothing and think that's acceptable is wrong. I care about those individuals. Um, and so, end of the day, that might be a sweet spot. There was always a conversation, though, I think, um, long term. You know, whatever we do with repeal and replace, uh, you're not done with health care. You guys all know that, too. Uh, health care is going to be a continuous issue that needs to be reformed and worked on even going forward. So I think in the area of get outside of health insurance, get into the area of health care reform, that I think there's some natural conversations already developing in regards to members talking about, you know, you can get common ground on value type of value quality type of reimbursement models, get away from fee for service, um, things like um, uh, hospice and palliative care that I'm very personally a champion of, you know, embracing that into our healthcare system. Those, those types of things I think are longer term another opportunity for us to take a position. Do you, do you have any uh, Senate counterparts, any interest on the Senate side of participating in this effort? We're trying. Uh, uh, obviously, on our side, there's eight that you know, uh, we need. And we're having, in fact, we were over at the Senate yesterday meeting on the Republican side with one. We met with Senator Manchin a couple weeks ago. Um, we're, we're going through the list, and Tom and I are on a roadshow um, trying to court people. Um, and you know, I know other groups, like No Labels and others, are talking to uh, senators as well. And I think it'd be really good if there were a group that were, were willing to come aboard because Obviously, it's, uh, we need both sides. Yeah, and, and Josh is absolutely right. I mean, they, they're, they're actually, for example, inviting us over. How that gets done, maybe that's a, a product of the um, resources that are standing with us, making calls, and those calls getting uh, responded to by the senators and meetings being scheduled because of those calls, or just a sincere desire uh, to try to meet with us and find a solution to the gridlock over there. But, you know, I, I don't hesitate to talk about the Senate and their process and, and that, but from afar, knowing senators, you know, they're all kind of islands upon themselves. So a voting block mechanism to them sometimes is not as attractive because they have as much power potentially individually than they do as a block. Um, but I think there's definitely an appetite from some senators that are reaching out to us that we're reaching out to too, uh, that are looking to be partners between the House and the Senate so that we can advance as much legislation rather than waste time on something that is not viable in the Senate. Our Senate allies could be very helpful in the sense of saying, hey, you know what, there's already conversation 
centering around this kind of bipartisan solution, would you guys consider that? And then we tee it up in the House in order for the Senate with some realistic chance to get it to the finish line. In terms of uh, driving success for your group, do you think it's more important to get one profound thing done or just get a lot of stuff, get people used to agreeing on stuff and building a working momentum? Don't take anything too profound and we'll get, just get people agreeing and you build momentum? Or no, we need to prove to the world and do something profound. Uh, this is the conversation we started with originally. And that's why healthcare originally, Charlie, was a bridge too far. Um, it, it, and it was just setting us up for collapse. Small victories will gain you credibility that lead to greater victories. And so that's the approach that we're doing. And that's where the government funding position that we took uh, was a small step. We're trying to take a position. We've been going back and forth with language over the last couple of weeks during a meeting. Uh, we want to take a position in the budget caps deal. Um, so we are trying to figure out what is that consensus position we can get to yes to on that. Because that deal's got to be struck, and that deal's got to be a bipartisan deal. Uh, you got to change the law in order to get that done. Debt ceiling is another small step uh, that we could potentially influence. But the more we do this, the more mu muscle strength we get in the caucus, and also the credibility. I can tell you the credibility is key to this, and uh, that's what we're gaining each and every time we, we take a step forward. And by the way, it's tough. I, I'm not yeah. right. I mean, uh, what's what? It's not. There's groups obviously that represent. Caucuses on in party on, on certain parties, and some of our some people on the outside always say, "Well, look, they put out a statement on X," and I said, "Well, yeah, well, that's just all Democrats, or that's just all Republicans." It's really hard to get Democrats and Republicans on the same on the same page. But the good news is we're actually doing it, and you know whether it is on the budget, which is hard. You know we've been going back and forth for a couple of weeks now on this, trying to get it just right. Um, uh, another and another area, but we also have members who come in and say, "Hey, I really want to do something." incrementally bite-sized on immigration reform, right? I want to do something on run up family leave, right? I want to just make here, there's different places where people think people are trying to do a good incremental wins, and um, that would be good for the country and also good for the caucus, to your point. And I think you're exactly right. I think it's, as Tom said, it's, it's very hard, as even the, the, this government is saying, to do something huge. Right. Uh, so, yeah. so uh, not to use that word uh, glibly. Um, yes. Last question. Thanks. Um, I first, I'd like to say, I'm one of 11 kids, so I definitely understand a lot of what you've gone Future through. Future problem solver caucus. Your house was the caucus. Very quickly, as you guys were sort of building, revamping this caucus, and you're growing and trying to get senators, how do you really differentiate and distinguish yourself from the bipartisan working group and kind of their efforts and are their thoughts to, as you all start coming with solutions, also utilizing them and building and growing an even larger coalition of members to kind of back certain ideas? Um, absolutely. Working with them, uh, I think, is uh, something naturally uh, is occurring as we speak. Um, uh, but also, the difference between us is this voting block mechanism. Uh, the voting block mechanism um, is something that I think is going to distinguish us from the other groups. Because I've been involved in a lot of those groups and a lot of great talk. But once the heat's on or the lights are on, they run to the hills. I mean, I was here just as an example, and this is what taught me a lesson why this was so important. Uh, we did the Cooper Lot to Rep budget. 
it was Simpson Bowles essentially into a budget process. And Steve goes, Tom, you're with us, right? I'm like, I'm with you, Steve. I'm got rest his soul. I'm with you. I, I'm working with Cooper. We got the whole thing all done. We had 138 people, 138 people to go to the floor and vote on that. And we weren't going to get a majority, but we we're going to send a message, right? And I'm always one of these guys. When when I I go, I vote, I don't watch the board, I just put my vote in and I go back. I get back to the office and go, how many did we get? I think we got 36. <laughs> 36 stuck with us all the way through the vote. And, and I will tell you, that uh, that's what's going to distinguish us from those groups that were ready to be with us before, in my opinion. You know, another issue that I hope that you guys will look at, and, and it comes down, it may be a bridge too far, but it comes down to two words, gerrymandered districts. Yeah. And many, many folks, I mean, why would somebody who is in a 70-30 district say, oh, I want to be part of the problem solvers, as opposed to a 48-52, I would love to be part of that. I mean, you know it's coming up, and and with the new census and things coming down, it'd be a great, great example. Well, and that's also, Jim, your point's very well taken, and that's another reason why this outside uh, organization is so important, too, uh, because they are going to play in primaries, and they will protect members, uh, not just in the general, but also in primaries for uh, the, the pressure that those individuals are going to get, and also support candidates to take on the folks that are just entrenched in the extreme and say, you know what, you're going to have a real battle uh, from your other side. You're not going to just get it from one side, you're going to get it from both sides. And so that gets a lot of members' attention. We need that type of resource uh, coming after you. So, you know, I, I just want to end it, and I'll turn it over to I was going to just say one, one thing on this, that, that um, Jimmy Panetta, who's a, a Democrat from California in a strong Democratic district, he's a member of the caucus, and I said to him, what, what you know, same reaction, why are you here, you're risking a real primary threat, why are you doing this? And he said, somewhere with Tom, where, he's, where Tom started this, because I actually want to do something. And this is why I'm here, to, to talk to people and to work together. And yes, it's risk, It's especially risky for me, but the whole point of this is to go back, and when I worked for Tom Foley, and he got together with Bob Michael every week over scotch, right, over a drink, and they actually talked about where they were going to work together and find common ground. That is, I believe, the Washington we need to get to so that they would do things, they wouldn't get everything they wanted, but they got a lot, and then they moved the ball forward for the country. And I think that's really what we need to get back to. We need more members, even if they're not from a uh, swing swing seat, who are willing to do it. Josh, and oh, I'm sorry. I'll, ahead, just, I'll just end on this. I just want to, you know, we're not going into this uh, in a Pollyannish, uh, you know, tilting at windmills type of approach. So a lot of people um, tell us that. Uh, tell us, yeah, great, good, keep catch on the back, you know, good luck, it's never going to happen. And, and I get that. Uh, but I will tell you, like last night with Chuck Todd, we were at dinner, and Chuck Todd and Problem Solvers Caucus came up, and essentially a bunch of people laughed. And I, I, I go, oh, it's not meant to be a joke. But as Chuck Todd, <laughs> as Chuck Todd uh, pointed out, right now it's not working. This tribal politics uh, that we are in is not working. And there will be a moment that there will be a breaking point where we have to get things done for the American people. And by doing this, at least now, we will have the foundation upon which to spring. And uh, God forbid it's a crisis, God forbid it's a catastrophe, but if we don't plant the seeds now, then we're not going to be prepared when this needs to be the governing block in Washington, D.C. Right. Well, gentlemen, thank you.